Hi, welcome to Head Start, a podcast for race directors and the business of putting on races. Having a charity partner is sometimes a bit of an afterthought for many race directors. And yet, there's so many benefits to getting a charity involved with your event, from increased participation and volunteer recruitment opportunities to even higher likelihood of closing sponsorship agreements. Well, today I'm talking to industry veteran Susan Hurley, founder of Charity Teams, about how to approach charities, what to expect out of a charity partnership, and how to make the most of this underappreciated opportunity for your event. Before we go into all that, though, a quick shout out to our podcast sponsor, Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up, the leading all-in-one technology solution for endurance and fundraising events. More than 21,000 in-person, virtual, and hybrid events use Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up's free and integrated solution to save time, grow their events, and raise more. And we'll be talking a bit later in the episode to Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up's Chris Newcomer about making the most of your charity partnership through technology. Okay, let's get into this amazing episode. Hey, Susan. Hey, Panos. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. You're in lovely North Andover, Massachusetts. Is that right? That's correct. Excellent. And you wear a bunch of very interesting hats uh, professionally in this industry. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your day job or day jobs, I should say. Well, my time right now is actually split. Um, I started a business about 14 years ago called Charity Teams. I help small nonprofits grow through athletic fundraising opportunities like races. And since the pandemic and all of these races being canceled, I've developed a a sort of a full-time side hustle as I've been waiting this thing out like most people with an app, a mobile app called Charge Running. I got involved with it four years ago, about, and I've been working with it ever since part-time. And now since the pandemic, it's been really a a full-time in addition to just, you know, trying to do some part-time work like most race directors wondering where this whole thing is going. Yeah, I know Charge. It's definitely um, one of those topics maybe for a future um, episode. Very, very interesting app. So today, actually, I think we'll be uh, picking your brain that relates to the whole charity work. And specifically, what I'd like to discuss today is the whole world around charity partnerships. So how would a race and a race director work with a charity, get a charity partner on, and get a charity involved with their event and what that would do for the event and what that would mean for the charity. Before we even go to that, actually, can you give us, like, do you have any sense um, in terms of things on the ground, how charities have been faring during the pandemic and, you know, specifically charities in conjunction with their work with events? How, how's, that, how's that whole world been affected by the pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. And and an obvious one, actually, um, like most small businesses, um, which charities are essentially, there have been a lot of cancellations of events. Um, I'm not just talking races, but I'm talking galas and golf tournaments and things like that. So the revenue for charities has been 
definitely affected. Um, you know, there's also been, you know, economic issues surrounding the pandemic, um, not only with the cancellation of events, but just the economy in general and people not working. So you can imagine that donors are probably not donating as much. So, you know, there's been a direct uh, effect on charities because of the pandemic. I know that many people who'd be listening to this being race directors or, you know, generally being folks in this industry would mostly, you know, associate charities with putting on events or being involved with events. But really for a charity, how big is, you know, the event side of their fundraising to their, you know, total fundraising efforts? So, you know, like events not taking place, is that like a like an existential hit for a charity or is it more like a second order sideshow kind of thing? It really depends on the size of the charity. I actually have some small charities that really rely on events like the Boston Marathon or New York City Marathon for much of their revenue and development. So it depends on the size of the charity, I would say. Obviously, charities like businesses cut their revenue into pie and budget, you know, out of that pie of what they can do and what they can't do. So I would say that it really depends on the size of the charity, but a drop in revenue with athletic fundraising, if you have an opportunity like New York City Marathon or Boston Marathon, not having those races taking place can be a significant hit to a nonprofit program that is actually in those races. Mm. And of course, there's charities who put on uh, very, very capably their own series of events, right? So there's charities who would have to cancel their own principal events during this. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of charities that host their own 5K events or their own summer series. Some of them are beneficiaries of these races. And having that being canceled, obviously, it doesn't help their revenue at all. Mm. So in terms of now sort of like shifting to the perspective of a race director, quite a few race directors obviously work with charities and they have charities involved um, with their events. And, and I actually think, I mean, this is completely anecdotal and, and my sense uh, on all this, but I, I think actually in the US, more so than other places in the world, that's the case, getting charities involved with events. For the race directors who haven't yet sort of made the leap to getting a charity involved or hasn't crossed their mind, what would be, what would be the top reasons for you know, convincing them to consider getting a charity involved with their races? Yeah, I think the obvious one is goodwill, correct? You want to partner with a charity because you want to have some goodwill in the community. You want to raise some funds and you want to give back. But there's other benefits to having a charity in your event. And those directly relate to things like sponsorship, Sponsors are more apt to get involved if they know there's a charity participating in the event and there's a beneficiary. Uh, The marketing aspect, charities bring with them, uh, especially hospitals and and large organizations, uh, large national brands, bring with them marketing teams, which are really important to events, especially new events that don't have necessarily the infrastructure 
uh, to um, have a marketing team or a social media team. Then spectators, I mean, spectators buy merchandise, right? So if you have spectators at your event and there's a lot of buzz around spectators and people watching, you know, there's, you know, that creates, generates not only revenue, but just enthusiasm around the event. Those spectators may want to do the race next year. Permitting, I mean, you partner with a local community. There, there might be some uh, benefits to that when it comes to permitting, you know, road closures and things like that, especially if you're partnering things with fire departments or police departments, you know, permitting might be a little bit easier there, right? And then also just participation. I mean, as race directors, you're always looking for more participants, especially in new races. And charities bring with them that kind of uh, network, you know, people that want to say, I want to support this race and this charity that I love so much. So participation is a big one. Right. So basically we're saying there's sort of the direct um, bottom line benefits, which is, you know, like registrations and all of that stuff. But there's also a ton of of goodwill and, you know, just buying from the community and all that, which then translates to, you know, just permitting being easier, sponsors but potentially, you know, having having an easy discussion with sponsors, et cetera. And I'm guessing from all this we're saying that having a local charity involved, particularly if you're a locally focused smallish or medium-sized event, maybe even more so starting out, having a local charity involved is that much more important. Absolutely. And and also don't forget, you know, organizations also bring volunteers and volunteers can always be difficult to get for race directors. I mean, you know, Indeed. it can be very difficult to get people to man water stops from 4.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock and give up their whole day. But, you know, if you're working with a nonprofit and there is a give back to the nonprofit, you're more apt to, to have the nonprofit uh, recruit those volunteers. And that can actually be part of your contract with the nonprofit. Hmm. Recruit, and I guess probably in some cases, even even manage, right? Even sort of like project manage, because I'm guessing some of the charities, they have their own army and hierarchies and structures around getting people to do stuff, right? Correct. If, if a charity knows that they're going to benefit from this event, it's only beneficial to them to provide as much support to the event as possible. Okay. So we said, you know, local charity, uh, good thing, particularly if you're starting out. Is there sort of like a sweet spot in terms of how many charities I'd want to have involved with my event? Would I, would I go sort of like with one and, you know, try to deepen that relationship and be doing more stuff with one charity partner? Or would I look to diversify and look at multiple charities? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think my opinion on that, Panos, is really the size of the race. Obviously, if you're a 5K hoping to get 300 people, it might be more beneficial for you to partner with just one charity because the proceeds giving back are not going to be as significant. However, if you're a large race, you could certainly develop a program where you have a selection process where you pick like three or four charities. So now you have the infrastructure of several charities to tap into. So depending on the size of the race, I feel like that 
dictates, you know, whether you should have one or five. You know, many of the bigger races, such as, you know, a Marine Corps Marathon or New York, they have, you know, 60, 100 charities. Uh, But then, you know, your small local 5K will have one charity that they'll really sort of hone in on and nurture that relationship. Mm, Okay. Okay. And so we've, we've touched a little bit, I think we'll return to this. We've touched a little bit on what's in it for the race director and what's in it for the race. Basically, we said more registrations, uh, more goodwill, uh, lots of opportunities to, you know, get more sponsors on board, volunteers, etc. Now, what does the charity? Um, how does the charity look at the whole thing? What what are what are they after uh, out of partnering with an event? Well, you'd be really surprised. There's so many charities out there that are sort of asking, how can I get a race director to notice me to be part of their event? So, you know, I think the charities really look for, number one, the obvious, the donation back. What's that going to look like? So when you're going into your sort of barter agreement with a charity or your contract with a charity, you know, obviously they're definitely going to be looking for the financial piece and what they're going to be getting. But I also think that, you know, charities are looking for awareness, just like a race is looking for awareness and they're looking to get people involved. Charities are also looking for people to get involved in their cause because that's going to increase their donor base if they can get people involved. So those are the two big things. And then also, obviously, if there's sponsors involved in the race, you know, charities will be able to sort of have the sponsor's eyes on them. And that might be attractive for them as well. Mm -hmm. And in terms of sort of the, the hard, the hard donation component in all this, um, is there, is there a ballpark amount or structure that a, that a charity would expect in terms of the, of the give back they'll receive from the race? Well, again, that again depends on how big the charity is you are connecting with. So some smaller charities are not going to expect much because a $2,000 donation or a $1,000 donation to a small charity is going to be significant. However, if you partner with a national brand, you are going to find that their asks are probably going to be more. So you want to be able to make sure that you expect that. You know, it's nice to partner with a huge national brand, but remember, their ask is going to be a lot bigger when it comes to what they're Mm. going to get in return. You know, a lot of national brands have local chapters that you can tap into, but again, because they have that national brand name, they may be looking for more of a return from you as a race director. There's two things that you can think about when you are putting together a barter agreement with a nonprofit. And one of them is promising a flat donation. So, you know, if your race makes X, they get 10% of that. Or it maybe it's just, we're going to give you a $2,000 donation. Or maybe it's, we'll give you, you know, your entry fee is $40 
we'll give you $5 from every single participant's entry, a portion of the proceeds. So no charity is going to expect, most likely, that they're going to get 100% of the profit. I think making sure that you have it in writing of exactly what and know exactly what you're going to give them going into the discussion or what you're willing to give is very important. And you mentioned there, um, you know, the some of the larger nationwide charities versus some of the smaller regional one, etc. Would it even make sense for me if I had a, you know, fairly localized event or an event starting out? Would it even make sense for me to have the ambition to look towards like one of the big nationwide charities? You Would really even have, bother? Yeah. yeah, like just. Yeah, you have to do your homework with that. There's many nonprofits that are on the larger side that have what's called a third-party fundraising program. And that is, you know, if you're a race director in an area, you could approach one of these organizations and say, I want to put on a third-party event, and in return, I want X, Y, and Z. Um, And they may be totally open to that and appreciative of that. And... Other than size and um, local focus, when I when I as a race director start thinking about getting a charity involved, and I you know start doing my research, what other aspects of the charity should I be focusing on in terms of determining what a good charity partner for my race would look like? I think the biggest thing when selecting a nonprofit. First and foremost, obviously, is reputation. You want to make sure that, you know, it's a good nonprofit and the, what they say they are doing, they are actually doing. And you can check that through uh, organizations like Charity Navigator and GuideStar that actually give charities rankings. So that's a really good way to do it. The other thing you want to make sure is they have infrastructure. Many small nonprofits, and although we love all of them that start up, you know, are working out of the back of their house. You know, there's one people, one person wearing many hats. And to add to your race, the infrastructure that you might be looking for, it may not be feasible. It may be a far reach. And, you know, they're going to want the exposure because they're growing and all of that. So be careful who you choose and really ask a lot of questions about who will be doing what, you know, how many people do they employ? You know, what 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 is it that they can do for your race? And make sure that that's really outlined and discussed ahead of time. Because you certainly don't want to get in a situation where you pick a nonprofit because someone in your race or on your team, your race team, is, you know, affiliated with a cause. But, you know, that particular cause, it may pull on the heartstrings, but it doesn't have the infrastructure to support exactly what you need to do as a race. Yeah. And I think that's a fantastic point because often both in our group and in discussions I've had like sort of offline, you hear sometimes of stories where charities go into these things. Sometimes they don't, they don't even, I suppose the charities themselves, they want to appreciate the workload and the commitment that has to come from their end. And then, you know, race directors sometimes get disappointed. I mean, you know, you can only get so frustrated with a charity. I mean, at the end, they're trying to do great stuff for great causes, but sometimes it happens that the infrastructure is not there. The ability to deliver is not there. 
and then you know it's it's not great for for either party really yeah do your homework when it comes to selecting a charity it can make or break your event i mean it's always good with you know you go into these things with good intentions very good intentions and very high hopes that you're going to get the support you need but if a charity doesn't have the infrastructure to support your goals and what you want to do giving them this opportunity because it is an opportunity for them then you know it it will be a wasted opportunity mm. and you mentioned a couple of places there where people can can use to um diligence some of those some of those charities you know beyond i suppose the obvious which is you know dodgy charities what what else should should people be um on the lookout for in terms of things that may make a charity not a great partner for a race is there is there a reason why a charity may not be the right kind of charity partner for my race yeah i mean i think you want to look at the demographic of your race and sort of and your community obviously you know picking a controversial charity or a political charity might not be in your best interest in the community that you live. Mm. Although you may feel as a race director, race director passionate about this one organization, it may not appeal to everyone. So usually charities that sort of touch people um, that are, you know, cancer charities are great. Everybody's affected by cancer, but a political organization might not be the best partner for you because you're going to alienate part of your base. So really think carefully. Kids charities are always wonderful to partner with. So I really like children's charities. I really like cancer charities, anything medical. Um, but again, do your homework, pick your charity wisely, this is an opportunity for a nonprofit. You know, it's 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 more you being in the driver's seat selecting this nonprofit. When you do find a suitable charity partner to work with for your event, making sure you deliver on your promises to them is going to be key. What does that mean? It means raising as much money as you can for your charity partner and making sure that money reaches your charity partner's bank account with as few deductions and headaches as possible. That's exactly where you'd need the help of a robust technology solution like Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up. So let's hear a little bit about making the most of your fundraising from Chris Newcomer. Chris, thanks for coming on. Hi, Panas. Thanks for letting me join you today. So let's assume I found a charity to work with. How can Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up help me maximize the impact of that relationship? Nonprofits are an integral part of endurance events. You know, we see that upwards of 90% of events have either hosted or either hosted by a nonprofit or work with a nonprofit partner. And, uh, you know, our goal is to make the relationship between races and nonprofits smoother and easier. In fact, if you set up your nonprofit partner as a charity partner on your event, they can control the branding of the nonprofit and we can pay them the donations directly. They get their money faster and your accounting gets a whole lot easier. Yes, this uh, direct payments is exactly what we did, actually, working with Girls on the Run for our uh, race directors run this past May. And it worked absolutely great. Our partners were getting funds paid into their account without us having to lift a finger. So now, in terms of making sure my event raises as much money as it can for my chosen charity, what's the best way to do that? 
The most basic way to raise money through an endurance event is by simply making donations and option during registration. But you know, if you want to make sure you get donations from the most people, we also recommend adding a checkbox donation for a set amount, like a simple five or $10 uh, donation at checkout. You know, if someone donates earlier, they won't see that checkbox, but it does give you one last shot at capturing a donation. And if fundraising is the main focus of the event, and the nonprofit has highly engaged supporters, enabling fundraising is the way to go. You know, fundraisers are participants who get automated individual fundraising pages that they can customize and share with friends and family to ask for donations. You can even maximize the results of fundraising by enabling the free integration with Facebook fundraising. Or to make fundraising more social and fun, turn on fundraising teams that work together toward a common fundraising goal. It gives a nice sort of social and maybe a little bit of a competitive element, which really helps increase uh, fundraising. Oh, that's awesome. And what is the cost for all this? And, you know, as with all the tools on Give Sign Up and Run Sign Up, the technology is free to use. That's why I love this question. <laughs> you know, there's a flat 4% processing fee on donations, but you can opt to absorb that fee as an organization, pass it on to the donor, or give the donor the option to cover it. And, you know, when you give them the option, most donors will cover the processing fee for you. And we see, you know, when we uh, you include that into your into your mathematics, it brings down that 4% to an average of about 2% processing fee that uh, the organization ends up having to cover. Pretty great. Pretty great indeed. Well, that's been super helpful in the context of today's discussion, Chris. It's always good to think ahead from the high-level plan to how some of these things um, work out in detail. So many, many thanks for coming on and sharing this with us. And now let's get back to talking charity partnerships with Susan Hurley. So let's say I've done my um, I've done my diligence. I have a short list. I start ringing up people. I get in front of a few people on the charity front. How do I pitch my event to them? Like, what would they be expecting to see from me and my event? so that they are convinced that I'm the right event for them to partner with? Obviously, go into any meeting prepared, just like you would in any sponsorship meeting. Almost treat them as if they're a sponsor. This is what I can do for you, and this is what I'm asking for in return. Have it laid out simply in bullet points. Really dig to find out first about their nonprofit in their meeting, like we just talked about, but then structure it with, you know, things like, you know, if we give you, you know, a thousand dollars, here's what we're asking in return. We're asking for weekly social media point uh, posts. We're asking for 200 volunteers, you know, things like that. If you can map this out in an agreement with what the give back is from the charity, I think you're going to be in a better position. And I think the relationship will be happier. Yeah. So basically you're saying the more business-like, the better for both parties, basically. Yeah. And don't get caught up in the fact that, oh, you know, this is a charity and I should be giving back more and things like that. You know, I think this is where a lot of people make mistakes Charities, although they are a nonprofit, they're still businesses. Hospitals that are nonprofits are businesses. They employ people. So keep in mind that you're dealing in a business agreement, and I think you'll be safe. And when I and when I sort of sit down with a charity, do you advise that I go in with a pretty high bar in terms of in terms of what I ask of them? Yes. Go in high. 
and negotiate low. <laughs> Just like in any business agreement, you want to go in a little higher and have room to come down on. So make sure that, hey, who knows? You know, you may ask for 200 volunteers and they may say no problem. And then you think, well, maybe I should have asked for 300. So you want to make sure yeah. that you are, you know, you're making asks that are slightly above. Um, I'm sure you will not scare them away. Most nonprofits look at these things as a great opportunity and want to be considered and want to be involved. So they're going to do their very best to be that beneficiary and, and please you and make sure that their race partnership with you goes on for a long time. Speaking of which, actually, speaking of um, going on for a long time, in terms of the commitment itself, I guess at the first instance, you'd be looking to commit for one race or multiple races, or at least, you know, like for, for a season, would you, would you suggest, or is it, is it even the case that um, people might consider like a multi-year commitment with a charity? You know, for the first year, I would really just do a one-year commitment. Um, and the reason being is you want to see how you both work together. And then, I mean, it's, that's the obvious. Um, But I think after that, if you feel like the partnership was good and that you as a race director were getting in return uh, what you asked for, or even more than what you expected, then I would try and maybe go into a multi-year deal so that you can at least keep this as part of your brand, your race brand. And, you know, that also helps with sponsorship too, as well. So if you think about the long, along the lines of like, you know, am I going to be able to keep my sponsors for another two years? You can build that into your sponsorship agreement, especially if they really liked that charity being involved and they have a relationship with that charity. I would definitely think about those things. Very important. And and actually, you often see charities being really intimately involved with the branding of the event. You see almost, you know, like events taking on a charity and almost in some cases co-branding. I mean, I guess this this comes at a price, which is fine, but strategically, is that a, is that a is that a good move for a race director to consider or not? You know, again, it depends on the size of the race, but I do feel like, you know, co-branding in a race. Uh, is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it, it just shows more community get goodwill. If you just have your race name on there and you didn't have a charity name affiliated with it, it you know, are there drawbacks to that? I, I guess there could be depending on what you're trying to accomplish. But I like charity names on there. I also like them being a sponsor name presented by benefiting this, right? So, you know, right. you can structure it in any way. I think there's just so many great benefits to having a charity involved and and sponsors is one of them. And and also too, the other thing, Panos, is that you could, you know, if you have a sellout race and you get a charity involved, one of the things you can do is also build in some bibs for that charity. So now mm-hmm. that so that there's fundraising involved on those bibs, such as, you know, New York and, 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 and Marine Corps and some of the bigger races do that sellout. Uh, that is a, a real enticement to charities to be able to get bibs for these sellout races. Yeah, this is actually um, we're talking charity programs here, right? Which which we're gonna we're gonna go into in a minute, which is a really interesting area. Um, one last thing in terms of the negotiations and sort of the nitty gritty of of hammering out an agreement with a charity. Would it make sense going into this? I mean, would it make sense for the race or even for the charity 
going into a first year where you know there's lots of unknowns and uncertainty around performance and registrations even and all kinds of stuff would it make sense or is it sort of like you know bad practice to peg things to performance so you know maybe you tell the charity that you know if i get 20 registrations from you you get that much in donations and if i get 100 you get that much and if you give me you know anything that may have a question mark around it that i actually structure it in the contract in a way that i give out to you an amount proportionate to what i get back from you in terms of benefits yeah incentivizing is a great way to increase your participation and motivate that charity so you know incentivizing charities to say uh, and building it into your contract as you say uh, if you can get a hundred runners or you can get two hundred runners, we'll give you x amount of dollars in return. So uh, you know you're providing this wonderful event you know that they didn't have, right that they couldn't do on their own. Incentivizing is a fantastic way for them to you know help boost your race and then they also benefit. so it's a it's definitely reciprocal right. And one question actually that i that I had which uh, also ties in a little bit to charity programs and and the charity landscape for larger races um because you you know you're involved with charity teams with lots of the you know with the major marathons and, and other big races if i if i am a race director you know doing a few races commercially you know with a few hundred maybe low thousands of participants would i be learning lessons if I looked at what some of the larger races were doing around charity programs. So basically, you know, what New York or Boston or, or Marine Corps or whatever are doing with their charity programs, other lessons there for me to learn from? Yeah, I think we can learn all the time as race, you know, people in the race industry. I mean, copying the, the big, the big uh, charities and the big races is always... Um, you know, beneficial, you know, they, they're the ones making, uh, you know, a lot of money, as, as we say. So I think copying those people, at least learning and educating yourself of how they got there, and what their programs look like. Um, and maybe even talking to some of the nonprofits involved about their experiences with some of those bigger races, uh, you can learn from that. I think growing a race can be difficult. There's a lot of races, but I do feel that partnering in ch- with charities and learning as much as you can and watching what some of these bigger races do can be highly beneficial to your small event. Don't necessarily expect the same paycheck as the larger events, but you know, there's, there's things to learn there. Absolutely. I mean, see what you can take away. If you can take away just one little thing, uh, that's going to benefit your race. Cool. So now, one thing that we've been uh, circling around is charity programs. And this, I should say from what I understand, but you're you're the expert here, you should tell us about it, is slightly different to your, you know, to the to the kind of general charity partnership we were talking about. And as I understand it, requires that you have a larger uh race selling out or close to selling out, right? Yeah, so races that sell out, you obviously have a little bit of an advantage here. It's that supply and demand thing. So, you know, if 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 the town or city that you're in says you can have 30,000 runners and you can set aside, you know, 
a thousand of those bibs for a charity program uh, and then have an application process for that charity program where charities actually apply to be in that and then give them parameters and guidelines that they have to follow, such as using your branding, um, following different things like a, a, a high fundraising minimum, uh, then your race can definitely benefit from that and create a lot of buzz around your race. Because basically there, we're talking about a situation where as a sellout race, I put aside a number of bibs that I then allocate to my preferred charity partner and basically, the dynamic there, because as you're saying, because of supply and demand, is that they have something very valuable, very scarce, and they can put it out to their own um, to their own base of um, of of donors, and they can then get people to sign up for that race, get that coveted place in the race, but then also commit to a guaranteed fundraise amount or something for the charity. Exactly, exactly. And that's what a lot of the major marathons do. And there's actually smaller races too that do that as well that have been very successful. Like a Falmouth Road Race has a fantastic nonprofit program. So, you know, once you get to that point where you do have a sellout race, it can be very beneficial for you to implement a nonprofit program or a charity program set aside a certain amount of bibs, have an application process for those nonprofits to apply, give them a fundraising minimum. Because at the end of the day, you're not only getting the infrastructure of that nonprofit supporting you, all those runners are tweeting and buzzing and Twittering and all those things that they do, promoting your race because now they're running and they feel so great that they have this wonderful opportunity that they, quote unquote, got into your event. And then after the fact, at the end of the day, when all the funds are raised and you've partnered with a fundraising platform and all of that, when all the funds are raised, you can go back out and put out a press release in the media saying the XYZ race raised X amount of dollars and put this back into the local community through these nonprofits. So there's a lot of goodwill, a lot of great PR you can use, and just to elevate your whole event. Yeah, yeah. We should have mentioned that on Goodwill, actually, that basically that, that very crucial halo that you get when at the end of the event you put out the press release or you put out the post on Facebook and you say, you know, we helped raise X thousands of dollars and then it's your event having done that. That's really, really important. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's nothing to be like, you know, that you could be really proud of saying like my event helped raise X amount of dollars. I mean, remember, you don't have to have a nonprofit program. You know, these charities don't have to get involved. It's a great opportunity for them to be involved. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to give this opportunity to them. So it works. It's a win-win-win all the way around. And I think having a nonprofit affiliated with your race, whether it be just a beneficiary of a small local 5K or uh, a large charity program because you have a sellout event. I think that, you know, you it's it's just a win. Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you very much. So one thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up was for some of the people listening in who are professional race directors, and I know this has actually also uh, come up in, in discussions. If I, if I wanted to put on a race 
like a white label type race for a charity. So let's say, you know, like a local, um, you know, cancer charity chapter. I approach them and I tell them, listen, I'm going to put on a race for you if they don't have any races on. And we're going to make this completely branded with your charity. So it's almost like, you know, you came up with the idea, but I'm, I'm executing. And, you know, as a professional race director, I, I make a little bit of money out of that. Is that something that that would make sense from a charity's point of view? Do they actually entertain these kinds of approaches and ideas from race directors? Sure. I mean, I think that's a great approach. Uh, I think it's, it's it's definitely a great approach. I mean, there's a lot of nonprofits out there that, you know, are, are saying, how do I get involved with, with a race? You know, who, who do I even go to? So, you know, and, and, and many of them can't do it on their own and they would be, they would be honored to, to be approached by a race um, and, and to benefit from, uh, you know, the race in so many ways. I mean, remember, charities are always looking for new people to be donors and, and, and to get involved. So, you know, you approaching a nonprofit as a race director, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's a great way to, to uh, expand your race and your participation and sponsorships potentially and, and things like that. I think one of the things you kind of have to think about is on both sides uh, from the charity perspective, as well as the, the race director is, you know, are you a fit for me? So, you know, from the charity side, are, is your race a fit for me? And from the race director side is, are you a fit for me? You know, it's not always going to work out. It won't be a beautiful marriage, but you know, if, if you really lay it out and have a, a good roadmap for people to follow, uh, it should be a great partnership. So from your experience, actually speaking of uh, marriages in this sense, how often do these things break down? If I go into my first year race with a new charity partner, I've done all my diligence, I've ticked all the boxes, you know, we have a fairly clear agreement between us. Is it is it pretty likely that that we'll stick with each other sort of like for the second year as well in years to come? Well, of course, you know, obviously the first year you're going to have challenges, just like with your race, you're going to make notes afterwards and say, what can we do better? You know, that's a conversation that after the race, you should definitely meet with your charity and say, okay, how did it go? You know, what can we both do better to make this a more profitable race for us, a more successful race for us? So I think it's, you know, on a year to year thing, you know, evaluating afterwards every year, if you get into a multi-year deal, just make sure that there's an out for you in case things aren't going well and you need to pull out of that. So just, uh, you know, structure everything so that as a race, you have an opportunity to, you know, back out if, if you're not happy with the opportunity that you're giving to this nonprofit. Okay. Wow. Well, there's been so much, uh, so much wisdom in this, um, in this so far. Is there anything we've left out? You think? I think we covered everything. I think, you know, like, like any race in like any nonprofit, you know, you want to know what you're getting into. And so charities come from the same perspective. And if you can just detail out everything, have a clear roadmap, agree to all the terms and make sure that you have, you know, a team of people that are making sure these things are all getting done, then you'll have a successful charity program or a successful beneficiary for years to come. Excellent. One very important uh, last detail, if um, people want to learn more or potentially, you know, get some professional advice around building their charity program or charity partnerships, how can they reach you? 
Yeah, they can reach me at my website, and that is at charityteams.com. And uh, they can also email me, susan at charityteams.com. Excellent. Well, Susan, thank you very, very much for your time. This has been uh, fantastic, very insightful. Thank you. Thanks to everyone listening in, and we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode on charity partnerships with Charity Teams founder Susan Hurley. You can find more resources on anything and everything related to race directing on our website, racedirectorshq.com. You can also share your questions about charity partnerships and fundraising or anything else in our Facebook group, Race Directors Hub. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit follow on your favorite player for more great content like this. Until our next episode, take care and keep putting on amazing races.